0: You're listening to Sprout Money's Monthly Wrap-Up with Craig Hemke. Well, welcome back to Sprout Money News and SproutMoney.com. It's time for your monthly wrap-up here at the end of March 2022. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. And joining me is my old friend and fellow Sprout Money contributor, David Brady. David, of course, regular contributor to the Sprout Money Insights blog, usually as a an article that's posted late every single week. You should look for it by visiting Sprott Money. In fact, if you want to be notified whenever it's posted, you sign up for the Sprott Money newsletter. Anyway, thank you. Uh, for everybody who wrote in, gave questions for David today, we'll try to get to as many as we can. And of course, always remember, you like this podcast uh, or any other information that Sprott Money cranks out over the course of the month, please be sure to give us a like or maybe a subscribe to whatever channel you're listening to. It'll help us broaden the distribution of this information, and like I said, a guy that distributes a lot of good information is David Brady. David, thank you so much for spending some time with me.
1: Oh, it's always great to talk to you again, Craig.
0: Well, I, and I, I very much value your friendship and your insights. I follow you on Twitter, which is something that if anyone that's listening to us uh, is on Twitter, they should be sure to do. Hit everybody with that Twitter handle, would you, David?
1: Yes, it's at GlobalProTrader. And it's all one word. Uh, You can also reach me at Sprout Money, as you mentioned, and you can reach me at SilverChartistPro.com also.
0: That's right. So Global Pro Trader, again, you're a great follow. Anybody that's in there watching the markets, trying to see how it all connects, but even on the kind of uh, just the price changes, you know, you're keeping track of the technicals, all that kind of stuff. I really encourage everybody to check out David's Twitter account and uh, give him a follow. David, we've got a lot to talk about. It's been such a crazy month here in March. You know, As the month got underway, uh, hostilities in Ukraine had uh, reached a boiling point. We had the war underway. Uh, c- commodities in general with gold and silver spiked into about the seventh or the eighth of the month and then went through a quite a big down uh, uh, pullback. And now as we end the month, you know, we're trying to figure out where we go from here. What are some of your observations from how the month of March played
1: out? Uh, How do I put this delicately? It's been a cluster, dot, dot, (laughs) dot. Cluster. You know, the two primary drivers of the markets over the past month have been pretty clear, in my opinion. Uh, It's been the Ukraine situation and the implications that's had for markets and the Fed and other central banks, most notably the Bank of Canada and the Bank of England, tightening monetary policy to stave off inflation. Those are the two uh, primary issues I see driving markets. Um, With regard to the Ukraine situation, uh, I think it's the U.S. sanctions on Russia that have prompted a response from Russia, or Putin's in particular, that have garnered the most interest. Um, And what do I mean by that? Uh, I don't know if many people noticed it, but I certainly did. Five days ago, Putin said that all payments in natural gas or former natural gas must be in rubles. And that's a game changer. Because what that means, basically, is that the ruble is commodity-backed. So what do I mean by that? Well, there's this thing called the petrodollar. And when the dollar disconnected from gold in 1971, courtesy of Nixon, uh, Kissinger et al., Uh, went over to the Saudis and asked them to back uh, or to take up payment for the royal only in dollars, effectively creating the petrodollar. Well, what did Putin just say? The same thing for natural gas, but in rubles. That is the first shot across the bow, or the major shot across the bow. There's been plenty before this uh, to challenge the dollar's uh, status as a global reserve currency. And um, it's not taken in isolation either. You've got the Saudis knocking on China's door and potentially selling to them in one. Saudis are the principal uh, you know, counterparty to that petrodollar agreement. And they may be selling their oil to China in one. In and the reason why I mentioned this is, you know, I'm stepping away from the day-to-day markets and looking at the bigger picture. But if the dollar... Dollar's status as the global reserve currency is not going to end tomorrow, but if it's been blatantly challenged on the world stage, people are going to recognize or foresee that the days of the dollar being the global reserve currency are numbered. And, and that's huge. Could you imagine what that would do to gold and silver? Right. Right. I mean, and what if what mm. if China attacks Taiwan next? And the U.S. imposes Uh, further sanctions. They've already sanctioned uh, China to some extent because they haven't agreed to uh, put pressure on Russia to back off in Ukraine. But what if China attacks Taiwan and US ups sanctions against China next? Well, the problem that the US is running into is it's essentially a paper champion. Uh, We, you know, the US, we don't produce anything anymore. Right, uh, you know, it's all been outsourced to China. Uh, in terms of energy, yeah, we, we were exporters of oil, and we've got fracking and so forth. But Russia has natural gas. It's got tin. It's got nickel. It's got gold. It's got oil. I, I mean, the the issue that you're running into is the U.S. is taking on two major powers, rising powers, and uh, deploying sanctions against them. But the issue is that this could boomerang back against the U S because it, in one sense you could have two commodity backed currencies on the world stage, uh, natural gas backed ruble effectively, uh, oil backed yuan, effectively or gold backed one. Like there are so many things China could do in response. They could say, okay, any exports that we make to the U.S. have to be all paid for in one. We're not taking right. dollars anymore. <clears throat> uh, second, they stop exports. They've already like uh, threatened stop exports of rare earth materials in the past. What, what if it becomes more broad-based? We're not going to sell you X, Y, and Z. And... Uh, the answer for many people, many jingoists in the U.S. was, oh, well, then who are they going to sell it to? Oh, They've got plenty of customers outside of the U.S. But the one that really, really uh, excites me, and I'd like to get your two cents on this, uh, Craig, is that I believe strongly that China is massively understating their gold holdings. Massively, whether it's in the hands of the the people, in the central bank, at SAFE, the foreign exchange uh, institution, wherever it's uh, located, I believe given the production, given their purchases of mines over the year, given their purchases from London through Switzerland, uh, etc, etc, etc. The fact that they won't allow a single ounce out of the country, they could be, if you do the math, around 20,000 tons right what if what if they in retaliation to us <laughs> sanctions decide to announce their official holdings of gold and it's 20,000 tons what do you think that would do to the dollar what exactly. do you think it would do what do you think it would do to gold and silver my point well, is we we can talk the day to day and the week to week and what's going on but i've kind of lost interest because the bigger picture is starting to take hold here and the ramifications for the financial system and various markets are enormous. Now, I want to be on that train early. Other people are trying to pick the right date, but I think we're coming to the end game here soon. Now, as I said, I don't think the dollar is going to lose its reserve status tomorrow, but the pathway is certainly being laid out for it right now in full headlines in the newspapers. The
0: the long-term, uh, monetary damage has been done. You know, I, 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 I've cited often uh, this month and even last. David, you know the old line from uh, Lenin, you know about how decades can unfold over the course of a couple of weeks. And don't you get that sense that that's what's taking place here in March? You know, I, I don't know what will happen in April in terms of the active hostilities in Ukraine. Hopefully, it does not get worse, and maybe you know it gets a little bit better, but. But the U.S. and the EU have now proven you know, that dollar hegemony is their ultimate weapon. Yes. And regardless of whether uh, the military action gets worse in Ukraine or China ultimately makes moves to expand its empire you know, toward Taiwan or whatever, boy, the lesson has certainly been learned, wouldn't you say?
1: Absolutely. And as uh, someone famous once said, I can't recall who exactly it was, but all uh, hegemonic empires die uh, uh, on a whimper. And what I mean by that, my take on that is that the Russians and the Chinese don't have to fire a bullet, never mind a nuclear weapon. They can take down the U.S. financially and economically by uh, destroying the dollar. And how did they do that? They make their currencies commodity-backed whether it's gold, oil, natural gas, and they they have the wherewithal to do this. I mean, when I tweet about some of this stuff and people come back and saying, oh, the US is the greatest military power in the world and so forth, I don't disagree. But if the dollar becomes worthless tomorrow, how long is that going to last?
0: Right, right. Or or trends toward uh, less valuable, less needed.
1: Um, yeah, I use, I use exaggerations mm-hmm. to make a point, but yes, you're absolutely correct. But the, the, the writing's on the wall. Uh, the Chinese and the Russians are no longer afraid of the US. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, given their situation, uh, Russia's breadth of minerals and resources, and China being the manufacturing powerhouse of the world, they've got good reason to feel fairly strong in their position. Whereas in the U S you know, I think the empire is on a downward slope and China and Russia are taking the, are throwing down the gauntlet to the U S. And as I said, they don't have to fire a bullet or a nuclear weapon. They just have to make a couple of major headlines and, you know, game over. Yeah.
0: Well, and I'm with you. We've been talking about that a lot on my site, you know, the day for day and the tick for tick, you know, if you're in there trading, you know, or trying to build positions as economically as possible. Okay. Uh, That's still important. But the bigger picture stuff, I don't think there's any doubt in the, you know, the direction where this is all headed. I think we all need to keep our eye on the ball. I, uh, I, so let me, before we get to some of the questions, David. let me just ask you about this, you know, in that bigger picture. As the month of March draws to a close, here as we record this on the 29th, we first, we just had our first inversion of the yield curve (laughs) here in the US, where the two year Mm -hmm. note yields higher than the 10 year note. And that's just at present already, you know, the one year forward inversion is already about 40 or 50 basis points. This would seem to be signaling recession, a policy error, the Fed having to move back toward cutting, not hiking. But doesn't it seem to you like? The stock market is focusing on the potential cutting part while the gold market is focusing on the potential hiking part. Uh, how do you put all this together? And what do you expect in the months ahead?
1: So you stole all my thunder there. Oh, you know, sorry. I, I well, have nothing well, to we're,
0: add. I to... <laughs> just go on to the questions. Then, no, no, anyway. no, no, no.
1: It was well said. No, you're exactly right. Um, uh, uh, along with the inversion of the yield curve, you know, the Atlanta Fed, has stated that their GDP forecast is for zero growth, potentially negative, and we're hiking rates. Um, I said at the outset, the two primary drivers, we talked about Ukraine and the impact uh, with respect to Russia and China's potential response to US sanctions. The second one was the central bank tightening led by the Fed and the Bank of Canada, Bank of England, amongst others. And, and you, you mentioned the inversion of the real the yield curve, the policy error on steroids, as I call it. Effectively, the trap has been sprung. We've been talking about the Fed being trapped. Now the trap has been being, uh, being sprung. And I call it stagflation. It's the, uh, Bernanke said it's, it's the Fed's worst fear, is deflation. Well, stagflation is a close second. Because it's, it's very hard, very difficult to do anything about it. Now, they can't use Volcker's methods because the debt is you know many times what it was uh, back in the 1970s. So they can't raise rates to 12% or 15% because the U.S. would be clearly in the, uh, bankrupt. Um, given all the debt that they have, they can't pay the interest. So what is the Fed trying to do? They're trying to engineer a recession to bring down mm-hmm. inflation. I mean that that's exactly what they're doing. But the problem that you run with that is, if you can go too far, um, you know, how far can you go before you lose control? Apparently, a year ago, inflation was transit transitory. I, from the very outset, I'm sure you two, I thought that was complete BS. Right. And and it turns out it was. I mean, uh, and now they're trying to engineer a recession. You run the risk that you could push us too far that there's no coming back uh i don't think that's going to happen i think when they see the writing on the wall with regard to the economy but more specifically as always with the fed when the SP takes another dump and i believe that's going to be i'm stand, with regard to timing i stand on the shoulder of giants and i you know some of them are like the likes of michael hartnett of b of a and i i agree with them september october is typically a bad month for equities uh, he believes that the, the recession will become apparent. Uh, we won't hit the depths of it until probably December, January, but it'll become apparent in the September-October timeframe. And at the same time, stocks will begin their next leg down. And that's when the Fed throws in the towel on whatever rakes it's at, uh, rate hikes it's managed to achieve, and it's also going to reverse to QE on steroids. What do I mean by that? Take post March 2020 and multiply it by three uh, 10 trillion, some ridiculous number. Because what's the alternative? Total collapse. Right. Stocks, uh, since we could argue when, but certainly since 2008, stocks have risen due to excess liquidity provided by the fed and other central banks around the world you take away that liquidity and stocks head south now it doesn't turn on a dime but that's typically how it works and you can go to, back to history to see that um, lance roberts did a, roberts did a great uh, article on this recently about two weeks ago where he showed the chart of a uh, money supply versus the s p and it, it's it's self-evident the core the r squared Correlation is eighty-five percent between the two over a long period of time. So uh, I fully expect the Fed to ride to the rescue one final time, and it'll be around the end of the year. The Fed will pull another one eighty. Stocks are going to go uh, six thousands, uh, give or take. But that's it. That's that's the after that. We're heading into the great depression yeah what's left yeah but the let's switch to what we should be talking about gold and silver
0: gold well, uh, let, yeah let's let's go from there but yeah, i mean you that was a couple of the questions that were sent in were mainly about you know recession and the general stock market yep. um how you know i, I i've i kind of compared this a lot to the last time we went through this which was 2018 where we got to a powell put yep where the s&p was down 20 percent, and suddenly uh, everything changed, you know, and everybody was forecasting 5% 10 year and, and eight rate hikes and that sort of thing, just like they are now. Uh, do you see those similarities and do you think um, the precious metals play out in a similar manner that we saw in 19 and 20?
1: December 24th was the bottom. I posted a tweet that day saying I expected it to be. I also said to uh, Zero Hedge that their numbers that you mentioned, like 5% on the 10 year and all this, that were complete and utter nonsense. We're going sub 1%. <clears throat> they blocked me for it. Uh, (laughs) And then they quoted me. But anyway, um, uh, yes, I I think it's going to be similar to 2018, but I draw a comparison to given the size of the stimulus that's going to follow this uh, policy error, that uh, gold and silver are just going to go ballistic, and uh, especially silver. Um, uh, We we can come up with numbers, but I said 2,300-plus. Well, I'm being conservative, yeah. but i you know, I'd rather do that than say 4,000, and it turns out to be 2,500. So I say 2,300 plus, new record highs. Silver could set a new record high above 50. And uh, the miners, GDX, maybe hit 70 um, before we get a pullback, a significant pullback on the ensuing depression. But here's the beauty. I want to point this out before I forget. Here's the beautiful thing about gold and silver, and you can weigh in on this, Craig. Precious metals, uh, I'll leave miners aside for now, but precious metals uh, perform, outperform almost everything else, and I have a hard time thinking of anything else that does outperform them, in extremes of inflation and deflation. So when the, you know, when the greatest depression hits, yeah, they'll get a, they'll take a dump, but then they'll start going up again. And what's great about that is what you've got to consider. We haven't talked about housing, you know, as mortgage rates are going up here. I, mm-hmm. I fully expect this is a warning. And then next year when the, the you know, we hit a wall, we're going to get the biggest crash in housing and the stock market you've ever seen, or at least the start of it. And yet, gold either stays the same, maybe falls a little, or goes up. Imagine what happens to the purchasing power of gold and silver. Good point. Forget about the dollar. Forget about well, oh, the you know, it's that four thousand, whatever. Yeah, but if the average, the median uh, home price in the US was two hundred and fifty thousand, I'd say three hundred and fifty thousand, and now it's fifty. Think about how many properties you can buy, which are uh, ounces of gold. <laughs> You know, you got to think in those terms, think in terms of tangible assets, forget the funny money, you know, the toilet paper, forget that stuff, focus on uh, what these things will be worth in real tangible assets in the future. The only concern is, for me, I don't know what the state of the world is going to be, if you're going to be in statism, communism, autocracy, technocracy, but, you know, in a normal scheme of things, you could be rich beyond your wildest dreams from my perspective i've been saying a long time gold and silver are the new tina there is no alternative and people will say bitcoin and so forth but my issue with bitcoin even with you know these new uh, independent wallets that can't be hacked still they're digital whereas gold and silver i mean we could debate that but gold and silver are physical and you have it in your possession and people will always want it and they can use it anywhere and in terms of transport i don't people plan to you know, travel to South America while the world's ending. So that's not an issue. So um, I, the point being that gold and silver perform extremely well in both periods of high inflation and deflation. That's where you want to be. Yeah, especially uh, for for the months ahead. Yes, uh, and especially if next year we see the beginning of the greatest depression in history, the everything bubble collapses, And when people say, how do you come up with this? Well, I I say I connect the dots, but I'll cite one uh, factoid. You go onto the WEF's website and you look up the risks, they have this uh, risk forecast based on financial risks, economic risks, environmental risks, and so forth. What's the number one financial risk listed on there? Asset bubble burst, 2023 to 25.
0: These are the guys timing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, that I got that information afterwards when I was seeing everything else, this is all lining up for a major crash. And then they're telling us that that's what they expected as well. Yeah. That's just, that's just gravy on top as far as I'm concerned.
0: Well, and David, let's have one last question that was sent in. I mean, we've talked about the economy, we've talked about the shares and the metals. Um, what about just the markets in general and their integrity in that? Uh, We had some, a couple of people wrote in wanting you to address what we saw in nickel at the LME earlier this month, where prices were skyrocketing. There was a major short uh, who was trapped, a Chinese gentleman who owns a big nickel company. Of course, the LME now owned by a Chinese company. Uh, This guy, if you know, whenever you can't make a margin call, your firm is on the hook. Apparently the firm that would have been on the hook was JP Morgan. And so what happened LME just canceled trades worth about $4 billion and shut the thing down for over a week. And then as it reopened, price, you know, just kind of went limit down until it was back to the point where there were no more margin calls. What Mm -hmm. do you make of that, David? Again, just in terms of integrity uh, and what that tells you about um, the world markets in general.
1: It's a big club and you ain't in it. That's for sure.
0: I <laughs> know I'm not. You might be.
1: No, I'm no, not. I'm not. know I'm not. I'm quoting George Carlin, obviously. I know. Um, the, the Look, the the, the, the counterparts is Chinese, and they look after their own. Let me take a big step back. These markets have been centrally managed for years. These aren't free markets. Anybody who says, oh, capitalism has failed, show me capitalism. Hmm. Capitalism, the definition of capitalism in simple terms is free markets. Prices are determined by supply and demand. Uh, Can we say that in gold and silver? Uh, No. Um, Nickel, uh, this guy gets into trouble, he gets bailed out. Uh, You and I could talk about the bullion banks all day. Um, But in terms of what drove it, I'd use a similar example. Look at palladium. You were all over that a f- few years back, yep. when it went b- ballistic. And uh, you know, the market was caught short, egregiously so. And I'm talking about the people we love so much, the banks. And they got you know creamed um, because they were all caught short, and it just kept going up and up and up. And how do we know this? Because open interest didn't budge. They weren't touching it. They just let it go. And so the free market took hold for a brief moment, and what happened? Prices soared. And that's the same thing that happened with nickel. It's It's been suppressed. Much agricultural commodities have been suppressed for years. I mean, farmers have been, you know, trying to make a living off of what the prices they could get, but it, those weren't the real prices. They were capped. So, you know, I, I'd have to write a thesis on all of the reasons why this is rigged, this is rigged, this is rigged, this is rigged, this is rigged why the stock market is rigged. Etc. You know, the only reason the stock market's going up right now, given Ray Hikes and so forth, is a short squeeze. Well, who's squeezing the shorts? Think about it. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's the nature of the market that we live in. The the way you navigate it, from my perspective, because a lot of people say, oh, it's rigged, so why bother? Well, if you figure out how and when they rig it, maybe you could climb on board because we little people can do little to uh, change it. So we might as well jump aboard when they do it. Yeah, that's the way, that's the, you know, but it'll all come falling apart, you know, in a year from now anyway.
0: And, you know, and you can use that to your advantage, understanding that uh, the pricing system uh, deliberately underprices, undervalues all these commodities um, and that, uh, that didn't kind of underlies the problem. And you can use that to your advantage once you understand that. And boy, it is going to be interesting, you know, as we enter April, uh, not another Fed meeting until the first week of May. So that'll, you know, we'll have that bubbling around. The stuff with the bond market and interest rates in general. But David, how about the Japanese yen? We'd even talk about that. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Oh, it's uh, just got creamed. Yeah. Uh, well, that's because again you've got the Fed, the bank of canada the bank of england a whole bunch of central banks tightening on one hand and the bank of japan is uh continuing to pursue qe so you know that gives the justification for the yen getting crushed uh but you know look at what i looked at the weekly chart today forget the daily chart or early chart look at the weekly chart looks like a blow-off top to me. You might get yeah. one more negatively divergent, higher high, but I think the dollar is going to get into trouble here shortly. I, you know, I've been very positive on the dollar over the past several months, saying, oh, I don't think the top's in yet. I don't think they say the top's in, even after pullbacks. I still don't think the top's in. But it's close now. And uh, my, my call for the Dixie is it's going sub-90 on this next leg down, and it could be brutal. It could be 70 but it's 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 in for a big drawback, and uh, that can I, I can't see that hurting gold and silver either. Right. But the dollar yen will certainly uh, fall uh, as a result. Um, I think the dollar's about to run into some serious trouble.
0: Well, and, and that kind of goes in line with your point too—that we're toward that Powell pivot point again. You know, and the curtain gets pulled back. You know, where the, they're just playing these rhetorical games once more about hiking rates and how responsible they are and how, you know, all these different, once the curtain gets pulled back and everybody realizes that, wait a second. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're just pulling our leg. Um, That would probably be a negative for the dollar. And like I said, all of these things eventually add up toward, you know, they paint a picture of what you and I have been discussing now for a a decade or more. And And that just makes the time that, you know, people need to be focused on that big picture constantly accumulating some physical precious metal as your lifeboat in the storm. Uh, Again, these these, uh, great bits of information are brought to you by Sprott Money, sprottmoney.com, a great online bullion dealer, great online bullion storage dealer as well. So if you enjoy this content, please be sure to thank them uh, by visiting their site. In fact, uh, in the last week's Ask the Expert segment, we discussed how uh, Sprott Money currently has some first majestic five-ounce silver ingots. These things are pretty cool. But they're also about 95% sold out. So if you want one of those babies, you better go on to SprottMoney.com, check it out. Uh, If you want to talk to somebody directly about buying metal or storing your metal, you can give them a call at 888-861-0775. You should subscribe to the newsletter so that uh, when David posts his weekly article, you'll be sure to not miss a single one. David, do you know what you're going to write about this week? You got any ideas?
1: Well, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about talking about some of this, but there's one thing I wanted to mention before I go on the sh- sh- nearer term this year. Uh, Connor last uh, month, t- Connor O'Brien mentioned the what happened in Canada and the freezing of accounts because you donated $20 to the truckers. Yeah. And uh, I can say personally that I know uh, a lot of well healed people who moved money out of the banks and bought precious metals. I, I did some myself. And uh, and I didn't make any donations, but I just didn't like what was happening. Uh, right. that they, they, the government can literally freeze your account for whatever reason they feel like. Um, and then you tag that along with what... Klaus Schwab has been saying about the risk of cyber attacks. Now, everybody's talking about cyber attacks affecting utilities and so forth. You don't think they're going to affect the financial industry? Uh, Good luck getting into your online account if the internet's down. So, my point is that there's been uh, more demand for physical gold and silver for that reason too. And, And another comment with regard to your earlier remark one of the beauties with regard to gold and silver and holding it, and focusing on the big picture and holding it for the long term, sticking it in a drawer, letting it collect dust, is you've no counterparty risk. Uh, you've no mark-to-market risk. And nobody's going to call you for a margin call. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can literally buy it, put it aside, forget about it until that big picture plays out. And one thing for your listeners... A lot of people get tied up in the day-to-day nonsense, or they they ask, oh, when's this going to happen, or when's that going to happen, and so forth. Does it really matter if you you know, you take, you know take focus on the bigger picture and what the ultimate outcome's going to be? And I'm not talking about five, 10 years from now, maybe six months, a year, two years from now. Uh, it'll pay off far greater in the longer run than trying to pick when to buy and when to sell, which most people are typically wrong in, especially in the gold and silver space. When everybody gets bullish, typically it's time to sell. When everybody is you know, throwing in the towel, that's typically when it's time to buy.
0: Yeah,
1: And I, I can go through December 2015, uh, December 2016, uh, August 2018, uh, March 2020, and... 1675 uh you know recently those were the times to buy what everybody was throwing in the towel and then you can say the same at the peaks 2089 yep. and so forth so my point is set it and forget it uh develop a, a view on where things are going and i, I personally i think it's pretty obvious uh, and stick with that uh and Think big picture. So what I mean by that is you got stocks, you got your real estate, you know, things that like meet uh, me lots of people, uh, your grocery bills, uh, your cash and bank, you know, how do you feel about all of those things in the future? Do you really want to be holding real estate into a great depression? Do you think a great depression is going to come around? Uh, do you want to hold stocks? Uh, do you want to hold gold and silver? Do you want to leave your cash in the bank as inflation is going through the roof? Uh, have you got enough food in case, you know, there are food shortages and we could run into starvation issues? Uh, Do you have a greenhouse? Those are the things people need to be thinking about instead of, should I buy on Tuesday? You know, if it gets this level, I'll sell next Wednesday. You know, it's take a step back and think about what your views are or what, you know, you're reading with respect to the big uh, items uh, in your portfolio. And I mean your wealth portfolio, your total wealth, your house, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And think about what you want to do with those. And I'll tell you this, either gold or silver or both have to be in there. It's your insurance policy against what's coming because they're going to print again. I know a lot of people say they won't. They just let it crash. And maybe they will. I don't believe so. I think we've got one more round of insanity, pure insanity coming uh from the central banks and then that'll be that but at that point you know good luck trying to find a gold coin or a silver coin right
0: well those, those are words of wisdom right there i might just have to a crop that last couple of minutes we'll put it on at the end of every monthly wrap-up call going forward <laughs> 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 seriously i mean that kind of puts it all back into a nutshell and i appreciate it i mean again we've been speaking with david brady Old, to, old friend of mine, but also a, a technical analyst, market analyst, uh, and fellow writer here at Sprout Money. Uh, David, It's great to visit with you. I'm sure we'll do this again uh, relatively soon. But in the meantime, all the best and thanks for all you do.
1: Uh, thanks for having me on, Craig. It's, it's always a pleasure talking to a like-minded individual. The only issue is groupthink but I don't think it'd be so far from that.
0: I don't think so. I don't think so. But anyway, thank you, David. And thank you everybody for listening. We'll wrap up March now and we'll head on into April and we'll have more content for you from Sprott Money as a new month begins. But anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again very soon.